What's happening? A happy hump day to you and yours. Thanks for joining us as always. It is much appreciated. We are about to go through the same nightmare we went through last week with the Patriots quarterback situation. That's coming up. But first, a big time thank you to both Smart Name and Slingtown OG for your donations. Smart Name with a $20 DKK donation. Slingtown OG with a $20 donation. That means the world to me. Also want to remind all of you, about a very special guest tomorrow. Phil Perry will be joining this podcast tomorrow, so you don't want to miss that. Phil Perry scheduled to join us tomorrow, and let's get that thumbs up. Want to get to 200 likes on this episode. We've been just under 200 the first two days of this week. All right, so it looks like we are going to have another quarterback charade. Last week, we had the mysterious world of Patriots quarterbacks. How many reps was each guy getting? Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi, was it 50-50? Was it 52-48? What was it? When did the team find out? Some guys said they found out during the week. Other guys said they weren't told until Sunday on game day. And what we could say after all of that mess is that the approach and the plan by Bill Belichick unequivocally failed. It's as simple as that. Evan Lazar wrote about this at Patriots.com earlier this week. Here's what he wrote. As a result of the approach both quarterbacks weren't on the same page as their receivers made poor decisions that led to turnovers had assignment breakdowns and pass protection and left bigger plays on the field the Patriots offense looked like an operation that hadn't practiced together all week and they really had two weeks to prepare for the Giants coming off of a bye the head coach is to blame for playing mind games at the most important position rather than putting the players in the best position to succeed against a beatable Giants defense. That was Evan Lazar, Patriots.com. And we're going to do this again. Aren't you excited? Aren't you thrilled that we're going to go through this again? Bill Belichick this morning. This is a Karen Garigian post. Bill Belichick on the quarterback situation heading into the Chargers game. Quote, we'll see how it goes. I'm not prepared to make any announcements. That's all we got. We'll see how it goes. I'm not prepared to make any announcement. What do we need to see to prepare Bill Belichick to make an announcement on the quarterback situation? Why is this happening? What is going on? This is now malpractice. The Patriots need to step up and spare Mac Jones. Mac Jones should not be starting this football game. It should not even be a question. He should not have started against the Giants last weekend. He should not be starting this weekend against the Chargers. This should not be happening. I don't even care if Bill Belichick believes Bailey Zappi is worse than Mac Jones. At this point, you continue to throw a broken quarterback out there on the field to start every week. And it is malpractice. Bailey Zappi's not good, but he's not broken. And I'm just trying to figure all of this out. I'm trying to figure out why we are at this point. This game that's being played. This quarterback shuffle, so to speak. Mac Jones has not played well enough. It's obvious to all of us he needs a break. And when I say break, I mean break. And we're going through this again. Why would you continue to throw a broken Mac Jones out there on the field? You're embarrassing him. You're embarrassing the organization. You're embarrassing the team. I mean, this is just illogical stuff from Foxborough. And to Zappi, by the way, it's unfair. Look, I might not think that Zappi's a good quarterback. 
And I know people will talk about the 2-0 and last year. That's fine. I'm not going back and forth. I just don't believe he's a very good quarterback. Let's not forget the Patriots released this guy before the season. They did not think he was a good quarterback. They let him go in hopes of getting somebody else to play the backup quarterback position. But we've seen the quarterback dance. We've talked about the quarterback dance. And I am tired. My legs are sore. I want to sit. I can't stand the dance no more. Enough is enough, man. How is this fair to Bailey Zappi? Again, we're going to split reps. Again, we're going to do this quarterback shuffle of rotations at practice. After last week, it unequivocally failed. Off of a bye week, you could do almost nothing against that Giants defense. Even if I don't think Bailey Zappi is good, he deserves a fair shot at this point. And a fair shot is giving him the Lions' share of reps. Now, maybe that'll happen. Maybe Belichick is playing more media games. We have no idea because captain accountability continues to show up and say nothing, right? So we don't know what's going on. That's what leads to the reports. That's what leads to the questions. When the guy who makes the calls doesn't stand up at the podium and clearly say, this is what we're doing and let the paying fan base know, then we're left to speculate. We're left throwing darts at the wall. And that's what this is right now. We're all throwing darts. It's all we're doing. And it's unfair to Bailey Zappi. Give this guy most of the reps, name him the starting quarterback for this weekend, and see what he can do. I don't think it's going to be much better. I don't think he's a good QB, but he deserves a fair shot at this point. And continuing to split the reps is not a fair shot. Belichick has admitted that in the past. We talked about it on yesterday's podcast. Four years ago, four years ago, Belichick talked about regretting not giving Brady enough reps during a game week back in 2001 and how he didn't think it was fair. But now he thinks it's fair? It's not fair to Mac Jones, who's broken and getting embarrassed. It's not fair to Bailey Zappi, who deserves a shot, a legitimate shot at this point. You're 2-9. and Why don't we try something new, Bill? Try something new. Try something different. What you've been doing has stunk. Giving Mac Jones most of the reps and playing him didn't work. Splitting the reps between the two quarterbacks last week didn't work. I don't know. How about we go to option C and give Zappy the majority of the snaps during practice and then get him out there on the field on Sunday and announce it to the team so they know who's playing, clearly announce it, Don't have them assume. Don't have them surmise. Come out as a head coach and tell your team who's the starting quarterback. It's week 13 of the NFL season, and the guys in that room are not 100% sure who's starting this game this weekend. Abject failure by the head coach. The lack of clear communication, the nonstop shuffling. Try something new, Bill. Try something new. You've got nothing to lose. You should have tried something new against the Giants by not punting from the 37-yard line of your opposition. Just still just a joke. And Bill Belichick always gives this line, right? We'll do what's best for the football team. He always gives us that one, right? Is this truly what's best for the football team? The guy who's preached that for 20-plus years, is this what's truly best for the football team? After you saw the results on Sunday against the Giants, 
doing this entire thing all over again, is that truly what's best for this football team? And I don't care. We'll get into some of the speculation. We'll get into some of the nonsensical, unfathomable questions that we now need to ask because this is so outrageous. We'll get to those in a minute. But let's just clear away the possible intent that you might believe Belichick has in doing what he's doing. Let's remove that intent. Let's just look at this on its surface for plain view and ask, is this what's best for the football team in any way? Is this what's best for Mac Jones? What's best for Bailey Zappi? What's best for those wide receivers? What's best for the offensive line? What's best for those running backs? What's best for a defense that played, you know, decent last week? They, they could have given up a bunch of big plays, by the way, if the Giants could catch the football and Tommy DeVito wasn't a mess. But I digress. Is this what's best for the football team? How can you possibly look at us? If you're Bill Belichick, and I'm not talking about the media, I'm talking about the fans. I'm talking about everybody. How can Bill Belichick look everybody in the eye and say that he does what's best for the football team at all times when we're dealing with this freaking dumpster fire debacle? How is this what's best for the football team, Bill? I want somebody to ask that question on Friday when Bill talks to the media again. How's this best for the football team? You guys failed offensively against the Giants, yet you're going with the same formula. How's it best? All right, so let's get to the nonsensical, you know, unfathomable questions, right? Because we look at this and, and none of it makes sense. We're all trying to make sense of the senseless. So what happens is once you see so much senseless BS, you start to just throw stuff against a wall because what do you've got to lose as somebody who watches this team? We can't, we can't logically explain what's happening. We can't logically explain the decisions. And I see your comments. I appreciate every single one of you that are watching and listening. Don't forget to like this. Try to get to 200 likes. I appreciate every single one of you. Thanks for the donations during yesterday's podcast as well from Slingtown OG and Smart Name. I see the comments. I have so many comments out there, right? Is, is Belichick tanking? I don't think he's tanking. I don't think he wants to tank. I think he wants to win as many games as possible in his 70s to beat Don Shula's record. I don't think he's tanking, but it's on the table. Because if you play Mac Jones, it inevitably leads to that question. So that's on the table. Is this some kind of weird vendetta that Belichick has on Mac Jones? I don't think it is, but it's on the table. I'm at the point where I can't, I can't even debate people on any of the questions that they bring up. I can't sit there and say, oh, you're you're being illogical. You, you're not making any sense because none of this makes sense. Let's just throw it all in a big pot. Make it the jambalaya of Foxborough. None of it makes sense. A vendetta against Jones? I don't know. Maybe. Belichick tanking? I don't know. Maybe. Is Bill Belichick trying to get fired? That's something that my friend Greg Bedard brought up on the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with yours truly, Nick Cattles. Greg brought up, said, I, I don't even want to think about this. I, I'm not even comfortable speculating, but is, is Belichick trying to get fired? I ask, is Belichick quietly quitting? Is that what we're seeing? Is, is Belichick quietly quitting? He knows the team stinks. He knows people want him out. He's done. He's fatigued. He wants a new situation. He's playing the string out, and he's just throwing it out there. 
I think if he was just throwing it out there, he'd pick a quarterback. But again, everything is on the table at this point. If people want to speculate, speculate away. I, I can't try to make any points out of this and say, oh, well, that's the thing. That's why he's doing it. When you start to try to explain crazy, you become crazy. We are at times becoming crazy because we can't define this. We can't define. <laughs> we just we just can't define it. We I, I don't know. Is he tanking? Does he hate Mac Jones? Does he hate Robert Kraft at this point? Is he is he trying to get fired? Is he quietly quitting? Throw it all on the table. Throw it all in the big pot of jambalaya and enjoy it. Get a big ass spoon and soak it up. I just uh, do the Zeke because I don't know. But we're going through this again. And, and and it is like sticking forks in my eyeballs. It, it's it's that gif of the of the dumpster fire in the water just blue, 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 sailing away. The dumpster fire. Doo -doo 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 -doo, sailing through Foxborough, passing by Gillette Stadium. All right. I have another question in theory. Robert Kraft, is he making Bill Belichick play Mac Jones? I'll get to that in a minute, but don't forget, we're going to be going live every weekday at 11 a.m. Eastern starting Monday. The Nick Cattle Show live on YouTube every weekday, Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern. You don't want to miss it. Let's get to 200 likes, more eyeballs, more numbers, means more people will join the party on Monday at 11 a.m. I also remind you that tomorrow's episode, I am excited to have Phil Perry on the show. I'm a fan of Phil. I think he does great work. Sometimes I think we're sharing a brain. Phil Perry will join us tomorrow. All right, so is Kraft making Belichick start Mac Jones? That's another theory. That's another, you know, let's just throw it out there and speculate. Is, is Robert Kraft walking down to Belichick's office and saying, you better start Mac. I can't do a good Robert Kraft. I'm sorry. I'm not going to try that. Is that's what, what's happening here? Because Mike Giardi posted this yesterday. Bill O'Brien speaking to the media about the decision on the quarterback says, quote, there's a chain of command. There's Mr. Kraft. There's Bill Belichick. And then I would say the assistant coaches are somewhere down here. Chuckle, chuckle. Now, that was O'Brien, again, answering the question if he could make the call to sit Mac Jones for a week or more. And I know people are looking at this and saying, oh, it's the second straight week that Bill O'Brien has mentioned Kraft. And they're drawing that through line from what O'Brien has said to Robert Kraft is, is making this decision or Robert Kraft is trying to sway this decision. Again, I, I am at a point where I'm not knocking down any theory because it's all ridiculous. What we're seeing is just ridiculous. Now, my reaction to what Bill O'Brien said yesterday to the media was that Bill O'Brien respects the chain of command. Bill O'Brien respects the structure of the organization. I've had this conversation with Bedard multiple times. Bill O'Brien is the teapot. We all know that. Bill O'Brien will yell at players. We saw him explode at Mac Jones in Germany. We see that. We've seen the fights with Tom Brady on the sidelines 75,000 times. So we know he's the teapot. However, Bedard has pointed out, Bill O'Brien is the teapot towards players. 
He is not a teapot towards upper management. He is not going to defy Bill Belichick. He's not going to defy Robert Kraft. He's not going to call out the head coach. He's not going to call out the owner. He knows that Robert Kraft is likely the reason why he's back here in New England to try to save this offense, and that didn't quite work, did it? But Bill O'Brien is a guy who respects the chain of command, and I think that was O'Brien just stating that as a simple fact. Hey, look, there's a chain here, okay? As far as big-time decisions with this organization, the owner, the head coach, and then the assistant coaches, the coordinators. That's what I I took from that. It it was, to me, Bill O'Brien saying, it's above my pay grade without saying it's above my pay grade. Again, I could be wrong, but I do not think Robert Kraft is dictating decisions on the football field. I don't think Kraft is walking down to Bill Belichick's office and telling him to start Mac Jones, and there's a number of reasons why. One of them I've covered before. A couple of others I haven't. The one I've covered before is that Robert Kraft's history tells us he doesn't get involved. The only time that he got involved with player situations on the field and personnel decisions and all of that was the Brady Garoppolo decision back in 2017. And that was a a very particular situation with the greatest of all time. And he weighed in on that, right? Told Bill to do what he had to do. Get rid of Jimmy G. That's the only time. We're talking 23, 24 years of this relationship. Once. Once. I don't think Kraft with a 2-9 and football team is waltzing on down and saying, Bill, play Mac Jones. Because he's just never done that. Aside from that one time when we're talking about the GOAT. Here's something else I would say. The reason why Kraft wouldn't go down there and tell Bill Belichick to start Mac Jones is that word circulates throughout the league, folks. People talk. And if Kraft is going to be looking for that next head coach and that next GM, you know what Kraft absolutely does not want the narrative to be? That he's an owner that gets in the way. That he's now Jerry Jones as he reaches his 80s. You know, Kraft used to do this at the beginning of his tenure, and he has said, roughly a thousand times publicly that he decided he needed to get away from the football decisions because it wasn't working. And he has, he has stood by that rule 99.9% of the time. And if Kraft goes down there and makes a call like this and says, you're starting Mac Jones. If he's telling Bill Belichick who the starting quarterback is, that is going to make this job less desirable to a candidate. Because if you're somebody like a Ben Johnson or, or anybody else that we could name out there, right? Eric Bietemi, any any one of the people we can throw out there. If you're one of those guys and you're looking at the Patriots as your next destination and your first crack at a head coaching shot, do you want to go to some place that you're hearing that the owner is telling the coach who to start at quarterback? So it, it would it would really soil things as the Crafts look for the next guy to coach this football team if Belichick is moving on. And if it's going to be Mayo, you don't think the Crafts are thinking, oh, wait, if, we, if we're going down there telling Belichick who to start, Mayo's going to see this, and that's going to be a really, really rough situation for Mayo to take over. 
Robert Kraft doesn't want the word circulating around the league that he is an owner that tries to put his thumb on big-time decisions like who's starting week-to-week at quarterback. He doesn't want to do that. He's in a position right now that he wants to make sure that this job, if it is opened up like we all expect it to open up, he wants to make sure that this job is the most desirable job on the market. And the way he does that is that he gives full power and autonomy to the head coach to make personnel decisions on the field. And he gives full autonomy and power to the GM to make personnel decisions when it comes to free agency, the draft, trades, et cetera. That's how he makes this job desirable. If he starts putting putting his nose in the middle of this thing this late in the process, that's going to make some people, that's going to make some of the top candidates out there look at this a little bit more and say, is that really where I want to go? I'm hearing Kraft's getting involved a little bit too much. I don't think Kraft would do that. I don't think he'd do that. I'd also say this. If Mac is Kraft's guy, quote unquote, which do I think Kraft likes Mac Jones? Yes. Do I think Kraft told Belichick to draft Jones? No. But if he is Kraft's guy, if Kraft is through and through Captain Mac Jones, right? If if he thinks Mac Jones is Captain America, if he believes in Mac Jones, then why in the world at this point would Kraft ask Belichick to play Mac Jones? If Kraft is, is a Mac guy, wouldn't you want to try to save Mac? You're not saving Mac by going down to Belichick's office and telling him to continue to play the broken quarterback. It makes no sense. It makes no sense for Robert Kraft to stand outside with a picket sign outside of Belichick's window. Knock, knock, knock. Hello. It makes no sense for him to demand for Mac Jones to play while Mac Jones throws interception after interception after interception. If that is Kraft's guy, Kraft's guy would want to protect him, not act as if Mac is a human shield, which is what Belichick's doing, apparently. He would want to bring Mac in. He'd want to protect Mac. He'd want to tell Bill, Bill, we're 2-9. and nine. Play Bailey Zappi. I still believe in Mac Jones. Let's give the kid a break, and let's give him a chance next season. If if the theory of Robert Kraft being a Mac guy and making this decision for Belichick, if that was true, the opposite would have happened last week. They wouldn't be sacrificing Mac Jones at the 50. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it sucks. So why would he want him out there at this point? And the sacrificial lamb. Throw him up at the 50. Doesn't make any sense. All right, we're going to squeeze in some Bruins talk. They're in a funk. Got a few thoughts. But don't forget, we go live starting next Monday, December 4th, 11 a.m. Eastern, live on YouTube, The Nick Cattle Show, every weekday, Monday through Friday. Phil Perry will join this podcast tomorrow. Be on the lookout for that. And give us that thumbs up. 200 likes is the goal. 200 likes. I think we were at like 180 and 190 the last two days, last I checked. Give us that like. Let's get to 200. All right, let's get to some Bruins for a couple of minutes because I need a a Patriots break. Now, what I'm going to talk about is not rendering the hot start of the Bruins meaningless. It's also not telling you that the Bruins are dead and buried. But we have to talk about funks when they happen. My approach, I think, is very simple here, folks. When things are bad, I criticize. When things are good, I give credit. 
kind of a simple thing, right? We can nitpick things at times. When things are good, we can bring up a couple of things that aren't so good. When things are bad, we can try to highlight stuff and say, oh, well, Ramondre Stevenson is back to being Ramondre Stevenson. Doesn't that make you feel good? Christian Barmore is a beast on the defensive line. So we can do that. But mostly my approach is criticize what deserves to be criticized. Give credit for what deserves credit. Kind of simple, right? People will say, well, Nick, you're just lambasting Belichick. You're anti-Belichick. I was called a homer when I was working for 98.5 and when I worked for EEI. I was called a homer back in those days when the Patriots were winning, right? But now I'm anti-Belichick. No. When they were winning, I gave credit to the coach. Now they're losing. They stink. The roster's bad on the offensive side especially. He broke the quarterback in my estimation, so I criticize him for it. It's rather simple. So let's get to this Bruins funk. Three games, outscored 17 to 8. That, by my math, is no bueno. You don't want to be outscored 17 to 8 any three-game stretch. Now, this did not happen last year. The Bruins did not lose three games in a row in a row last season once. It didn't happen once. The last time, I think it was like April of 22, it, it didn't happen once during last season, which, which is just it's kind of bananas when you think about it. It's a little bit bananas. Um, Detroit, the Rangers, and the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah. The Blue Jackets, not good at hockey. And they whooped you on Monday night. So what's going wrong? A couple of things I just wanted to mention. Defensively, this hockey team is sloppy. Puck management is a thing. And we saw Grizzlick on Monday night with just an inexcusable turnover. And it leads to a goal, just a, just an outright disaster. So defensively, they have been sloppy. Their best have been bad. McAvoy, Marshand, Zaka, Pasta, all their best players have been bad with the plus minus. McAvoy's had one of his worst stretches in a long time since he's come back from the suspension. Don't know if that's playing mind games or not. Have no idea, but he has not been good. They consistently have been beaten down the seam, which is, again, a problem. It's leading to breakaways. It's leading to odd man rushes. The penalty kill got off to a great start at the beginning of the season. Recently, the PK has been sliding. So defensively sloppy. Your best have been bad. Your PK has been declining. Then you had Swayman pulled on Monday night. After giving up two goals, one of them was an ultra soft goal. My goodness. And Shattenkirk, I don't know what the hell Shattenkirk was doing up against the boards. The answer, I guess, is nothing. Giving up puck possession in the defensive zone and just leading to a, an ultra charm and soft goal on Swayman. But Swayman gets pulled after two goals. Swayman and Montgomery get into it on the bench. Montgomery is asked about it in the post game. He says, I'll talk to Swayman about it tomorrow. So there's a little bit of a thing between one of the goalies and the coach. And, and really what happened before, now this was before Monday's loss to the Blue Jackets. This team started to precipitously decline. And, and Nick Goss wrote about this at NBC Sports Boston. Here's what he wrote. The Bruins against Detroit and New York gave up 122 shot attempts, 69 shots on goal. Nice. 65 scoring chances. 31 high-danger chances and 12 goals. 
the 23 high danger cha- uh, chances the Bruins allowed to the Rangers are a season high and the most they've given up in one game since 2017. Now, this was before Columbus. You started to see the defensive slippage. Over the last 10 games, before Columbus, the prior 10 games, so not just the two losses, back-to-back losses, the prior 10 games, you saw a bunch of of statistics that were just not great. Shot uh, shot attempts allowed, 5-on-5, 24th in the league. Shots on net allowed, 23rd in the league. Scoring chances allowed, 20th in the league. High danger chances allowed, 20th in the league. Goals allowed, 9th. So their goalies were just playing great. All of those other numbers were bad. Goals allowed were top 10. It's because Allmark and Swayman were saving your tuk-tuk. So the defensive woes have been there now for 11 games. And yes, some of that, McAvoy was out. Grizzlick was out. But this has been a trend here now for a a few weeks. So we can't just isolate this to the last three losses. And I I thought before Monday night, they were pretty top-heavy with, you know, Marshy, Zaka, and Pasta on that top line. They were top-heavy. I know they shuffled the lines a ton. Montgomery shuffled the lines a ton against Columbus out of desperation. But that's another part of this story. Montgomery has tried pretty much everything already. He's pulled almost every single lever he can pull. He pulled Swayman after two goals on Monday night. He shuffled the lines like crazy after not shuffling them that much and going with the top-heavy line, right? He he called a timeout to just yell at the guys and berate them. That didn't work. He had a bag skate at practice. That didn't work. So the head coach, he's tried everything. And it's not working right now. So they're going to turn things around because they are in a funk. All right, that'll do it for this Wednesday program. Enjoy the rest of your hump day. And don't forget to give us that like, thumbs up. And don't forget tomorrow, Phil Perry will join us. Until then, it's the Nick Cattle Show.